for she loved much. She can love greatly because of how much sin is forgiven. I'm starting to realize if I see someone that, that is honoring the Lord greatly and it seems strange to me or it seems too much to me, it means I haven't been forgiven as much. It means I've held back in an area or my forgiveness is not, is not up to date. In other words, I'm not as connected as I should be as he freely gives so we can walk in freedom. See, this walking in freedom makes us be able to love more. And as Christians, we're to be known by what? This isn't, it seems casual in some ways, but it's not. It's so important, it's vital, because it, it's, it's what we're known by. It's what God created for us to be represented by so that we can be identified as one that's with him. Oh, so are we going to decide, oh, you know, I don't really want to change that much. Holy Spirit. Second Corinthians chapter 3. You see, there's a veil. <laughs> Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away and the Spirit and now the Lord is a spirit. And when the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. There's a freedom that wasn't there before. We might've, he might have made it available to us. It was, it was, I shouldn't say might have. He did. It was available to us. But just because we say to the enemy, it's ours, it, this freedom, doesn't mean we're walking in it. Are we asking for forgiveness so that we can freely walk in it? Holy Spirit. Now we all with unveiled faces behold as in a mirror, literally looking face to face the glory of the Lord. We are being transformed when we, when we get so close and we don't have things in between us and, and our relationship with him is, is to a place that it's new and it's fresh all the time. We keep being transformed. We keep being transformed into what he created us to be to begin with. The same image from glory to glory, just as the Spirit. Think about this, just as the Spirit. I think it, it's, it's amazing. As we walk in the Spirit and, and we have experiences with the Spirit, we don't want to get up the same. We want the Spirit to have more place in us than he had before. Is that making sense? You see, you and I, we, we don't just want relief. We literally want change. And it's there from glory to glory to glory. Jesus. In the Old Testament, when it talks about Laman, and I, I actually spoke about this when I was doing prayer last Sunday up here to somebody in front. I don't remember who, but this, verse, this thought has been on me so much lately with the, with the animals that Jacob had and when he was dividing with Laman and, and he literally took all the ones that were brown and spotted intentionally. There's something bigger in this, you guys. It wasn't just those animals that they just got to pass by those, those rods and, you know, and, and the chestnut trees. It was that there that, that was something to this that was greater. Does that make sense? Well, that was Old Testament. There's something to this that literally transforms us. 
changes who we are. It changes who we are. We are so changed that our, our, our family and our neighbors and, and our work people and, and those that we have contact with, they might not know in a day or in a few minutes, but as time goes on, it so changes us that I don't even know if people realize it, but they don't even look at us the same. God changes us. If it's going to change livestock, how much is it going to change us? when we're gazing at him, when we're connected with him. Oh, Jesus. Holy Spirit. Luke 19. This is about Jesus. They brought him, Jesus. They brought him the colt and they cast their garments on the colt. And they set Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. Oh my gosh, is that not honoring? They didn't even want the colt to touch the ground. There's something about this that's huge, you guys. They might not have understood what was happening, but they knew. How many times have you been in the presence of God and you really didn't know what was happening, but you knew you didn't want to touch it? You just knew that something so profound was happening that you just didn't want to touch it. And they spread their clothes in the way. And then when they came near, even at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude, all, if the, it's the whole multitude, there's not one that wasn't. The whole multitude began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. I think that is so cool. It's not just for what he's doing right there at that moment. That moment they probably couldn't even understand. But for what they had been in the presence of, they couldn't help themselves and they just roared. Ah, the whole multitude just as he went by, just as, as he goes by, saying, Blessed be the king that comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees, some that have just been spectators, they had just been people that had watched. They had never came to a place that they had surrendered to an encounter. It's all about surrender. They might have been there for a lot of it, but they had just been watching. They had just been in observation. They hadn't been in connection. Does that make sense? That's what made them different. <laughs> and some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said to him, they're calling him master. I mean, there's some truth in their knowing. Master, rebuke. The disciples. And he answered and he said to them, I tell you, if they would hold their peace, in other words, if they wouldn't roar, if they wouldn't make some, if, if their emotions weren't involved in this, the stones would immediately cry out. This is so profound that if those that have been touched would not show, it would affect stones. 
I've had some, I spoke this, I used to speak this message a long time ago, especially for some reason in the East, but, and I had a pastor ask me, do you, because he said, you got really, you paused there, do you really think the stones would cry out? And I said, yes, I do. I think what we do as Christians affects the earth more than what the world could ever do. The stones would immediately cry out our response to him. And when he came near, he beheld, he, he, he stopped, he gazed at the city. He, he looked over it, but he started crying. He started crying as he came near. It, it wasn't a peaceful thing. It wasn't a comforting thing. He, all these that were watching, they understood, but there was something there that wasn't being understood. And truthfully, as we get down into this, we can see that he was grieved, but it says he beheld the city and he weeped. When he came near, saying, if thou had known, if you had at least known the day, you might not understand what's going on. But if you you would have any idea of what is going on and what belongs to peace, he saw what was going on and he was grieved. Verse 44 says, Because thou knoweth not the time of my visitation. You're not recognizing what's happening. You don't even understand my presence. Does that make sense? Holy Spirit, they don't even understand. And he went into the temple and he began to cast them out. And and those that sold and those that bought. Now I remember as a young child being taught in Sunday school that this was because they were buying and selling in the temple I'm not saying that might not have had a little bit to do with it, but as an adult, I can see that's not what this was about. You see, he was, what's our response? What was our response? And in this case, I need to explain to something that the animals that were bought and sold were yearly, and and there was one for a family, and they, they were for a peace offering. And it was so they could have communication with their heavenly father. I can tell you something. I live with my mom. If somebody does really well by my mom or is really sweet to my mom, I automatically love them. Whether I know them or not, if they've done something really kind that I found out about, I automatically love them. Does that make sense? What was really going on here? These people were buying and selling animals so that they could have communication with their heavenly father, his father and they were making it cheap what were they doing you can look this up on your own but literally it says in Leviticus and then again in Exodus it tells what should happen to these animals these lambs in verse 12 of Exodus let's look in chapter 12 3 through 7 I'm just going to say what it says I'm not going to read it all but it talks about these animals and they should be without a blemish And they should live in your house for three days for the family and children to endear on. In other words, to fall in love with. These animals were to be fallen in love with. And then they were to be killed so that they could be for forgiveness of sin for a year. Obviously, we don't have to do any of this anymore. We don't even understand it because we have Jesus. He is the Lamb. 
but Jesus was upset because they weren't doing what they were told in order to have communication with the Heavenly Father. And I've realized something. He understood how much the Heavenly Father wanted to have communication with his kids. And he was grieved. Are we paying attention? And are we, how are we responding to his presence? And by the way, I would compliment you guys today all the way. Today when the presence fell and everybody fell in love with the presence, go for it. God is so good and it is so fun and we are so blessed. Holy Spirit. John chapter 12. This is about... Right before the Passover and Jesus gets anointed by Mary. Holy Spirit. And then six days before the Passover, Jesus came into Bethany where Lazarus was. Who had been dead, who had been dead, obviously wasn't dead. And Lazarus is there, right? Who had raised from the dead. There... He made Jesus supper and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Lazarus is sitting at the table with Jesus. And Mary took a pound of her very costly oil. She anointed his feet, wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of oil. Here we go again. Here, here, Here it is. But one of the disciples now... When we look later in Matthew, and we are going to go there to 26, it doesn't say which disciple. It just says the disciples. But the reason I wanted to go here, I guess, is because John says which disciple. And John says that one of the disciples, Judas, would betray him. It's that one. It's that one. It's that one. Why was this fragrance oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? <laughs> he, you know, think about this. Did he really care about the poor? Probably not, but he probably had, you know, when we get so strict in our rules sometimes, it's a good time to check my own heart. It's a very good time to check my heart. But because Judas was a thief, and he had the money box, and Jesus said, let her alone. Let her alone. She has kept this. In other words, she's had it. She, she literally, this was a plan. This wasn't spontaneous. This was something that she saved for a, a most amazing moment that she would never get again. Let her alone. She's kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you will have with you always. But me, you do not always have. Holy Spirit. It was a plan. And they, she had kept it for his burial. Now let's go to Matthew, the same story, verse 20, or chapter 26. But I want to go down to verse 13. I say to you, whenever this gospel is preached 
in the whole world, every single time, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. What this woman has done. I will never anoint Jesus before he goes to a cross. But if I allow him to forgive me of much, even those things that are trivial, I will be able to love him more than I've ever loved, and I will be able to love people more than I've ever been able to love people. I will be able to go back to my first love. It won't just be a head decision of, oh, I need to do that, or, oh, I need to get up 15 minutes earlier, or, oh, I, I, I set a plan that I was going to do this or going to do that, and I didn't do it. It won't be like that. It will be like if I'm forgiven, I will automatically love more. I don't have to choose to love more if I'm forgiven much. It automatically happens. Holy Spirit. I added this verse, so let's see if I can find it. 1 Corinthians 2. Oh, Jesus. We need to get to verse 9, but we'll start in 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden mystery of God ordained before the ages. This is the plan of God before Anything. Does that make sense? Which none of the rulers of the age knew. In other words, they, nobody had any understanding of this. For had they known, they would have not crucified the Lord. If they'd had any idea of understanding the authority of the cross, it would have never happened. But as it is written, verse, you see there's something here. The authority of the cross happens to us, or we have understanding, I should say, of the authority of the cross because of this. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man. In other words, it has not entered into the heart of any man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. Does that mean... That you can get more from the Lord than I can get? Yeah. That doesn't mean that he's got more of a plan for you than he does me. But if I decide that I, I, I'm going to hold on to some of my resentment or I'm going to hold on to some of my speculation. And you don't. It will enter into your heart. There will be eyes seeing. There will be ears hearing. It will, you will have understandings of things that God has prepared for you that I will never touch. Holy Spirit. Verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit brings the fullness of, our, of the Heavenly Father and Christ to us. It comes to us through the Spirit, but in the Spirit we get all things. Every single thing. Oh, Jesus. Psalms 37. Verse 23 is all I'm trying to get to here. 
The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. The steps of a righteous person. We all know that verse. Forever we've known that verse. And many, several years ago, the father said to me this. Literally, I heard him say this. The steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord and the stride is up to you. But I'm learning something. It's not about me just taking big steps to try to push forward. It's about me surrendering more so that I walk in more forgiveness. And as I walk in more forgiveness, I'm going to walk in more love. And you all know Galatians 5, 6 says faith only works through love. So the more love that we have for faith to work through, the farther we get. Does that make sense? Isn't he amazing? Isn't he amazing? Holy Spirit. Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. Verse 6. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. The word acknowledge. I always thought it meant, huh, he's back there somewhere. He's in the room. No, acknowledge in this case, when you look it up, I actually think it's a badly translated word because when you look up what it's supposed to say, it literally says that when we're intimate with him, when we're so close to him, when we acknowledge him in that intimacy with him, he'll direct our paths. I need to say one more thing. When we're close to him and we surrender to him, when we intentionally surrender, he'll direct our paths. And there's places in our lives as we're living as Christians, and we are Christians, and we're born again, and we see miracles, and things happen, but there's places in our lives that we, ha we still live with our personality instead of surrendering to him. But when we surrender in that place, he directs our paths. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. This is about communion. But I want to take this one little part out of here for you or for me. Probably for me. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 29. For he who eats and drinks unworthily, in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment on himself. The sentence I want is not discerning the Lord's body. Not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason there are many weak, many sick, and many sleep. Not discerning the Lord's body. Obviously this is about communion. It's about the cross. Not discerning, discerning the body of Christ, the actual body of Christ that went to the cross. But at the beginning of this, I spoke to you about the different ways that we honor now in honoring him and what is him. And it was the father. And then it was Jesus as man on the earth. And then it's Jesus that we know now through the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit. But when you look at this verse, there's something else that we need to know. It's about honoring the body of Christ that is you and me. 
It's not just about honoring his body that went to the cross for us and was beaten before the cross for us. It's also about honoring the body of Christ that is in the flesh on the earth now that is you and me. And if we honor the body of Christ, if we honor that body of Christ and this body of Christ, there won't be many sleep. There won't be many weak. How are we responding to him? What, how are we responding to him? If we're responding to him with great surrender, even when I'm responding to you and, 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 and God might be feeding a word to me through you and it might not even be in a setting that looks like he's giving me a word, but just in casual conversation, but we walk away and we know we got a word. And when we surrender to that, when we, did, am I making sense? There's no lack. Perfect love casts out all forms of fear. Fear of the future. Fear of government. Fear of loss. Holy Spirit, let's pray. Father, we thank you for being real in this house. And we thank you for that you showed up today. And you showed up in such a way that I think everybody could feel you. Everybody knew you were near. Everybody had the opportunity to sense your goodness. And while we're here together right now, I, I, I want to give opportunity. I want to give opportunity for those that feel like you have never surrendered to the Lord and for those of you that feel like that you have surrendered to the Lord, but you realize you've been holding back. But the Father's giving you a different opportunity today. And you're choosing to surrender. So if you're one of those people and you would like to be prayed for today or you would like me just to say a, a prayer as I'm going to say over the whole congregation and you'd like to be in that prayer to know that you're giving your heart to the Lord, I just ask that you would raise up your hand and put it back down. That's all I'm asking. I see it. I see it. I see it. I see it. Anybody else? You want to be in this prayer? We're going to all pray. I see it. I see it back there. I see it. We're going to all pray together. There's an anointing in this house. There's an anointing in this house to acknowledge him in a way that is so real that it literally changes who we are. Anybody else want to be in this? Okay, let's all pray together. I see it, sir. This isn't so that I say the right words. It's so that you, those that raise their hands can hear themselves pray and, and the enemy can't let them think they didn't do it. They can remember they did it. So say this after me. Father, I give you myself. I give you my history. And I ask you, to come, be close to me, 
Come and live inside of me. I'm surrendering. Forgive me for holding out. Because this is the day I give you my history and my future. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise 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 you, Jesus. I'm not telling you that all of these people that raised their hands today was the first time they served the Lord, but I'm telling you that there was several people, and God is happy. He's good, and I'm happy, and the Lord is good. And this is a day of recognizing his presence, not only in the congregation, but starting to recognize him in your vehicle, recognize him in your house, recognize him in your place of work. Re literally get to the point that you can smell him. I know that sounds silly, but maybe, I don't know why, but I have always been able to smell a fragrance and know that he was in the room, and I am so thankful for it. So I ask, Father, for this group of people that they could also have that sweet fragrance of knowing God's goodness and waking up with it and going to sleep with it. And, and when they even get in, a, in an anxious moment throughout the day, all of a sudden there's a whiff that you know that he is right there taking care of everything. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Now I'm going to ask the prayer team to come down and anyone that wants prayer for anything, whether it's that you need healing in your body, and if you have a need in your body, you need to get prayer. It's part of honoring the body of Christ. If you have a need, we're not going to broadcast it. We're not going to agree with the enemy. But if you have a need, you need to be found allowing God to meet it. Thank you in Jesus' name. I love you guys. God bless you. We just celebrate for those that have given their lives to the Lord. We celebrate for those who have recommitted their lives to the Lord. Oh, God, thank you that heaven rejoices at this moment. Holy Spirit, thank you that we're not alone, but we have you, Holy Spirit, that brings us into the understanding that it is your, your spirit that anoints us. It's your spirit that rests on us. It's your spirit that gives us the things that we need. Holy Spirit, we yield to you. We yield to you, Holy Spirit. Now, so in line with what Marlene was sharing, but, you know, at the end of this passage about the root of Jesse, it says that he delighted in, in, in the fear of the Lord. There was such an intimate understanding, awareness, knowledge of, of who his father was that it says this after. It says he did not judge by what he saw. He didn't decide by what he heard. You know, so in other words, Jesus anointed by the Holy Spirit was seeing things that other people weren't seeing, 
and yet he was able to still see what was happening around him without judgment. He was hearing things, right, that no one else was hearing around him because it was coming through the Holy Spirit, but he was able to hear things around him without making decisions based off of what he was hearing because he was in line in communication with the Holy Spirit. And then from that place, then he says, with righteousness, then he goes and he judges the needy, the poor of the earth. So, Lord, we just thank you that, again, we're not alone, Holy Spirit, that you are with us in this process as we yield ourselves to you. I say this often, but Smith Wigglesworth uh, said, you know, it's one thing to say that you have the Holy Spirit, but it's something else to say that the Holy Spirit has you. And that's what it really comes down to. Does the Holy Spirit have us? Have we yielded ourselves to you? So, Lord, we just thank you for this time. Lord, I just pray that this is a word that would continue to, to work in our hearts, continue in that good soil of our hearts, God. Father God, we, we, we choose that this thing would be watered. Lord, would you, would you just make a commitment with me just to water the word that you received today? And I think we just, Holy Spirit, we just invite you. We invite you, Holy Spirit. We invite you, Holy Spirit. We just come asking, Father, that you reveal to us things in us that have gotten the way of that yieldedness, that surrender. Lord, things in our heart that still war against you. God, we need to have a deeper revelation and understanding of your love, God, as you reveal things to us. Father God, that we come and surrender and ask forgiveness for. Work, 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 work in our hearts, God. When we love Him, we obey His commands. When we, when we love Him, we flow with forgiveness. So we just thank You for these things. In Your mighty name, Holy Spirit. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Holy Spirit. The altars here are open. Altars are open. If, if you need healing in your body, if you need deliverance, if you, need, uh, if you need someone to come into agreement with something happening in your life, then we just want to invite you up. Uh, those that have committed their lives to the Lord, we just encourage you to come find one of the pastors here. And uh, we, we would love to chat with you, talk with you a little bit more. Remember the table in the back there? Go check it out. And um, yeah, make sure you get some time with J.D. and Brittany. They're going to be here hanging around. So go meet them. If you're a parent, just ask at this time if you want to go ahead and make your way over to our north building and pick up your kids. God bless you guys. Spend some time in fellowship together. He is so good. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Bless you guys.
All right. Quick announcement. This is humble announcement, but at um, some point between playing the drums and being up here, my keys disappeared. So they're, they have a BMW on them. So if anyone sees some extra keys laying around, if it was your intent to grab them, then it's parked out there. It's a blue BMW, and I'll take the insurance write-off uh, if you decide to drive off with it. But otherwise, if you have it in your 